Hello again, and welcome to Father Time. This is Matt McBrayer, and with me is Chase Green. How are you doing, Chase? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good. All right. Well, uh, this season we have been talking about where are all the godly men. Uh, This is episode five, Enduring Manhood, part two. Season Uh, finale. Season finale. That's right. And then at the end, we'll we'll let you know what's coming up uh, uh, starting January 1st. But for right now, let's uh, take a trip back into Daniel and finish this up. Daniel, such a such a good book of the Bible. The first uh, six chapters are pretty pretty easy to understand. Um, you know, kind of gets difficult then, after, then after that. that. The opposite. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, people tend to know this part of Daniel pretty well. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, we're not trying to write a dissertation here, so we're going to stick to these chapters too. So, um, let's look at, uh, chapters four and five. Let's make, we're going to make a very specific point here for, uh, uh, chapters four and five. We're talking about being a man, you know, you know, having, uh, these good characteristics of good, strong men. And I, you know, the, the thing is here is, is, um, and I'm just going to spell it out. We we've got to stick to the word of God. And you got to stand firm on God's word. Well, let's see how this happens here. Um, so uh, there are several things that, that we're going to bring up. But uh, going to Daniel chapter 4, and we're going to look at chapters 4 and 5. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. And he goes and he, and he gets all these magicians. Nobody can tell him what the dream is about. But then you get to verse eight, uh, it says, but at the last Daniel came in before me, whose name was Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God and in whom the spirit of the holy gods. Uh, and I told the dream before him saying, so this is from Nebuchadnezzar's point of view. And, you know, this is interesting because of some of the phrases that he uses here to describe Daniel and uh, whom is the spirit of the holy gods. Um, now there's a similar phrase, um, you know, speaking about the son of God. You, usually I think most translations put that back in Daniel chapter three, when Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego are in the fiery furnace. He says, I have to see, you know, a fourth person there. And that looks like the son, uh, son of God, a lot of translations say, but it's, uh, a son, uh, the son of a god, maybe, or the son of one of the gods, depending on uh, how you translate that. But um, this this thought process of um, not really understanding deity uh, is throughout Nebuchadnezzar's life. He gives some uh, uh, some credit to deity, and then, but he doesn't really understand God. He doesn't really understand him, and so. Uh, he says this phrase here. This is not the only time that it's said in verse 18. You see that again for the spirit of the holy gods is in thee. And then when you get over to chapter five, you've got his son, Nebuchadnezzar's son here. And verse 11, it is also mentioned in whom the spirit of the holy gods uh, is, is in, you know, Daniel uh, verse 14 that the spirit of the gods is in thee. You know, this is just something over and over again that is mentioned about about daniel they see something different about daniel and um so uh verse nine uh o belteshazzar master of the magicians because i know that the spirit of the holy gods is in thee and no secret troubleth thee tell me the visions of my dream that i have seen and the interpretation thereof so he knows he knows where it's at he knows that 
uh, he is uh, going to speak the truth here, the words of God. Uh, so, verse 10, Thus were the visions of my head upon upon my bed. I saw and behold a tree in the midst of the earth. The height thereof was great. The tree grew and was strong, and the height thereof reached into the heaven, the sight thereof to the end of all the earth. The leaves thereof were fair, and the fruit thereof much, and in it was uh, food for all. The beasts of the field had shadow under it. The birds of the heavens dwelt in the branches thereof, and all the flesh was fed from it. I saw the vision of my head upon my bed. Behold, a watcher and a holy one came down from heaven. He cried aloud and said thus, Hew down the tree and cut off its branches, shake off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let, let the beasts get away from under it and the fowls from its branches. Nevertheless, leave the stump of its roots in the earth, even with a band of iron and brass and the tender grass of the field, and let it be wet with the dew of heaven. And let his portion be with the beast in the grass of the earth. Let his heart be changed from man's and let the beast's heart uh, be given unto him and let seven times pass over him. The sentence is by the decree of the watchers and the demand by the, the word of the holy ones to the intent that the living may know that the most high ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will and setteth up over it the lowest of men. And so then, of course, you see Daniel comes in and he he then you know describes all this. He says, look, uh, um, this is what all that means, you know, uh, here it is. You've got this great kingdom. You're, you're, you know, you're the, you're the, uh, you know, big man on campus, you know, here it is. You, you, you're the, the best of the best right now. Everybody comes they're They're being fed from you. You are in charge. Uh, but, uh, you are going to be brought low. We're going to be made as a beast and, um, uh, nothing, nothing crazy here. Uh, you know, sometimes I've heard people go, off the deep end and you know i guess we're in oklahoma we can say off the reservation maybe uh and say hey uh you uh, uh this guy went went uh, and turned it into a beast i don't think that i think that he is uh, somebody that has uh for a short period of time acted like a beast but you know nonetheless it's, you know uh, he, it's probably a mental health uh, right he's he's having delusions and he's he's acting like one he's right he's bending down eating the grass and things like that yeah yeah and so of course he's unkempt and so he's got you know some features that end up uh, being beast like um but uh he he then experiences all of this and uh later on he comes back to his senses and um is uh you know seemingly learning a little bit of a lesson here um but Daniel has to tell him all this. It could have been easy enough for Daniel to 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 lie and say something else, and to you know, because I mean, a lot of kings. Let's just face it, a lot of kings would have been like, "I don't like that message." Off with his head. Yeah, uh, kill that guy. He's a bad messenger. It kind of um, reminds me of like Nathan the prophet when he had to go and confront David after his sin with Bathsheba. Same kind of thing. You know, thou art mm -hmm. the man. Yeah, and it wasn't a compliment. It was like, "Hey, you're the mm -hmm. guy." Who I just told a parable about a ewe lamb, a guy stealing this uh, this poor man's ewe lamb, and so Nathan the prophet would be another example, kind of like Daniel here, where okay, this is what the Lord said, this is the thus said the Lord, and I'm going to tell you, and uh, you know there might have there could have been consequences from this powerful king, but of course we know the rest of the story, right? Yeah, man, you think about even Esther. Uh, Esther is brought up in the same type of regard. She's going to go and uh approach the king but she could have died without being invited and yet she goes anyway um 
you know, there's a boldness here that that is uh, shown by Daniel and those like him that even though um, they faced uh, what could have been certain death because of the message that they're bringing or the inconvenience of the timing on these things, um, they could have faced some punishment. Yet they said, you know what, we're going to just say what God says. Um, right. Let's let's think about that a little bit more, but let's go on to chapter five and uh, mention some other things here. And uh, and then let's uh, kind of explore this thought a little bit more about standing firm on God's word, because there's there's more to it than this, because Daniel does this over and over again, uh, just like um, Hannah, Mishael, and Azariah, they, they, they just stand up and say what's right. And Daniel does the same thing again. Uh, so uh, chapter five, starting in verse one, you see Bel- Belshazzar, the king, made a great feast to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before a thousand. And uh, so then, you know, a- as he's going through this, you, you know, we could you know spend a lot of time talking about this, but to kind of keep things concise, um, this is the whole writing on the wall scenario. And people uh, look and, and they, they don't. It's, it's a terrifying thing. This is just a hand out of nowhere writing, writing upon the wall. And so uh, after everything, Daniel is, is called to uh, interpret all this. Um, and, uh, you know, he, even Daniel, when he's going back and he's talking about this, he brings up his father and says, you know what? Um, you know, you're asking me to do this. Your, your father asked me to do things for him. Uh, and he explains some of the things that happened even with his father in this um, uh, scenario when he uh, uh, had this um, mental health issue. Uh, but then he comes down to verses 25 uh, through 29 of chapter 5. And it says, and this is a writing that was inscribed, meaning, meaning, tikal yufarsin. This is the interpretation of the thing, meaning, uh, God hath uh, numbered thy kingdom and brought it to an end. Uh, Tikal, thou art weighed in the balances and are found uh, wanting. Uh, uh, Paris, the kingdom, is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. So then commanded Belshazzar, they clothed Daniel with purple and put a a chain of gold uh, about his neck and made proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. And so um, he just says what God tells him to say. And that's end of story. And now it's kind of interesting here. um, He gets rewarded for it. You know, he gets rewarded for doing the right thing. Now, um, I think about this. Now, there are times when we might get rewarded um, for doing something that God has told us to do. Uh, but what is far more important than that is that we're rewarded eternally. But all that being said, we've got to stand firm on God's word. We've got to speak the truth. We got to preach the truth. Um, and so as dads, that's the same thing that we need to do. We need to be teaching our kids the truth, but they need to see us standing for the truth. You know, we're not going to, you know, one of the things we mentioned last time, uh, was, uh, you know, in Daniel chapter three, they wouldn't bow, they wouldn't bend and they wouldn't burn. Um, we need to keep with that kind of a mindset. We're going to teach the truth no matter what. Do you have anything to add to that, Chase? I think you've uh, you summarized it very well. Yeah, we, you know, I, I think about uh, in John seventeen seventeen, sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. We're going to have to follow the truth. We're going to have to teach the truth, and um, and uh, you know, the truth sets us free. John eight thirty two. You know, we uh, we've yeah. 
Uh, I was just to say real quick, I did, you know, kind of looking down at my Bible, there's one thing I did notice in verse 17 of uh, chapter 5. Daniel answers him and says uh, before the king, let your gifts be for yourself and give your rewards yeah. to another. Yet I will read the writing to the king and make known to him the interpretation. Uh, Belshazzar had said, look, uh, I'll richly reward you if you tell me what the interpretation is. Daniel, and I think this is an important thing as kind of a side note, Daniel wasn't motivated by riches and and gifts, bribery. Uh, that wasn't his motivation here. It was doing the right thing, giving the thus saith the Lord uh, to him, to Belshazzar. And so uh, that's that's a side note in all of this because there's so much so much rich things in this text. But I think that's a good one for us to remember as uh, as leaders of our family. Don't let motivate. Don't let uh, money be the primary motivation of in in life's goal uh, in your life. Yeah. You know, um, I can at least say for myself, I can't speak for you here, but, um, you know, I have uh, been blessed richly and, um, you know, I'm, I'm not the richest guy around, you know, um, uh, I am a wealthy man. I live in America, you know, we're all wealthy here. Um, and so, but what makes everything, uh, even better. What what is much better as far as riches are concerned is are the spiritual blessings that we have in Christ. Right. Um, that that is you know first and foremost. And that's why we got to we got to stand firm on these things. All right. <clears throat> Moving on. Um, we're gonna look at Daniel chapter six. Look at uh, a few things a little bit more in detail. This is another one of those passages that we are uh, very familiar with. But um, if you look at uh, what has gone on here in Daniel chapter six? Um, a a significant period of time has passed since the very beginning of Daniel. Um, uh, you know, if if you kind of think of this as a little bit of a a biography of his life, um, it's very short, right? I mean, it is very short as far as. You know, you can go and you can read. I like reading biographies. I like like that. I like reading about other people. Uh, some of them are really good. You know, you can read about presidents and you go, oh, wow, they lived an interesting life. Or you can re read about, um, you know, military leaders and you go, wow, they lived an interesting life. Um, if someone were to write a biography about um, Matt McBrayer, it would be boring. <laughs> it would just not be something. People wouldn't, wouldn't pick it up. Um, and here you go. You have a man who uh, his life is very interesting and it only fits in a sh few short pages here in the word of God. I think that tells us a few things. One is it's not about Daniel. It's about who uh, it's about the God he serves. Um, I'm sure that Daniel wouldn't want a whole lot said about his life. He's just, you know, just like you were saying from chapter five, uh, you know what? You can give those riches to somebody else. You know, I'm, I'm just here to speak the words of God. Um, but let's see a little bit more about Daniel. Daniel is a really good uh, example to us um, by the way that he prayed and um, his resolve here to uh, humble himself before God and to kneel before the Lord. And so about 70 years have passed since the events of Daniel chapter one. You know, um, he uh, his youth is just long gone. Uh, but he has endured in his manhood. He is still a man. Um, you don't uh, give up your manhood when you uh, get older. Uh, you still you still remain uh, uh, and endure in that manliness. So let's look at some things here. Starting uh, chapter six, verses one through three, it says, 
It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom uh, 120 satraps who should be throughout the whole kingdom, and over them three presidents, of whom Daniel was one, that these satraps might give account unto them, and that the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was distinguished above the presidents and the satraps because uh, an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. So, um, uh, just just look at, at what he's doing here, and of course we we have uh, you know we know the rest of the story and how um, he is continual in prayer. But look at this his his station in life does not prevent him from serving God. You know the right. the higher station in life he has, you know doesn't doesn't matter. You know his sole purpose is to uh, serve the Lord. Now uh, here's a question: uh, How can we as dads do this? How can we think about this when it comes to our station in life and serving God? Well, um, I think we have different stages in life. Sometimes, uh, sometimes when it rains, it pours and there are difficult stages of life. Sometimes there are very blessed, uh, stages of life where things seem to be going well but even in the midst of uh, of uh, the low times of life, we still have, as Christians at least, we still have tremendous spiritual blessings that are located in Christ. Ephesians one verse three. So, so what was the kind of the gist of the question again? Yeah you know, how how can dads um, you know serve God no matter what their station of life is basically? Right, and so I would say I think just keeping that proper perspective right? Um, of no matter what, whether I'm in the highs of life or the lows of life, the ups and downs, what have you, doesn't matter. Um, I'm going to keep the Lord first. As we talked about, I think it was the end of last episode, Matthew 6, verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Uh, what things, uh, the various things that you need for life uh, in that context of Matthew chapter 6. Um, we just need to have that proper focus and uh, teach our, our wives and children to have that proper focus of, of priority of whatever comes, come what may, we're still going to serve the Lord, and we're going to keep Him first, and that's going to keep us grounded in the truth, and it's going to keep us heading uh, the right direction, which is ultimately the goal of uh, being with God in heaven one day. Yeah, and you know what? You I don't know what it is. Something you said reminded me of uh, James chapter 1, uh, verses nine and following, it says, "But to let the brother of low degree glory in his high estate—that is, that he is a Christian. You know, he he has these spiritual blessings." And in verse ten, it says, "And the rich, and that he is made low because the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. So everything he has is going to be destroyed one day, and he relies on the fact that he is a Christian. Uh, he yeah. may be, you know, good now, uh, but he still needs to rely on God." Um, and you, you can also make a connection to First Timothy chapter six. You know, those who are uh, rich in this world's goods are to be charged to be willing to share or to distribute to to help right. others with what right. God has entrusted uh, their into their stewardship. And so, let's just put all of ourselves. You know, you mentioned that a second ago about we're in America. Yeah. Let's just put all of us in that boat. Right. That riches boat, if you will, of First Timothy chapter six. We need to be willing to use the resources that God gives us to give back to Him and to give back to His His uh, His cause. Right. 
Absolutely. All right, let's look at the next uh, few verses here. Uh, verses uh, 4 through 9 says, Then the presence and the satraps uh, sought to find occasion against Daniel as touching the kingdom, but they could find no occasion or fault, for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Then these presents and satraps assembled together to the king and said unto him, King Darius, live forever. All the presents of the kingdom, the deputies and the satraps, the counselors and the governors have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a strong interdict that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the interdict and sign the writing that it may be not changed. Uh, according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the interdict. Uh, so, you know, what, what happens here? They say, you know what? It, you know, if if uh, we're going to trap Daniel, we're going to have to trap him according to following God. That's what's going to have to happen. And uh, and so really, when you look at, at what's going on, this is kind of a culmination of even the first three verses that we saw that they they envy Daniel. You know, they are envying Daniel. And so what do they do? They they're trying to figure out how to get rid of Daniel. Like, we don't like this guy. Let's get rid of him. Um, now, let me ask this question. Do do others ever get envious of faithful fathers trying to rear their children? You know, I think we'd like to say no, but I think we have to we have to say that sometimes that does happen. Um, yeah. The question is why you know why do you have this envy or, or this jealousy or what have you uh, when maybe somebody sees a father who's who seemingly has it all together? And by the way, we need to in humility, both of us I think would say we don't have it all together. Oh yeah. Uh, no. By any means, we're trying. To and and kind of the the gist of this podcast, Father Time is is to uh, help press the importance of of all of us striving together to have it all together, but we don't. Right. Um, but at the same time, there are guys who uh, are at least attempting to to have the proper focus and uh, lead their families, have family devotions each night, things like that. And there are some who who just don't. And yeah. if there ever is an envy or a jealousy that crops up when that happens, uh, this is a really good question. So I'm, I'm kind of going on and on about it. But if that ever happens, I've thought about this. What would be the reason for that envy? I don't know if it's uh, maybe one, um, maybe one who's not, leading as he should might begin to feel uh as if he's he's reminded of his own sins yeah. uh, and then we'll we'll tend to wallow in those things yeah or, like he's inadequate right right feelings yeah. of inadequacy or yeah. insecurities uh hang-ups whatever you want to call it and so and and i felt this way um, right because you know i'm I'm really striving to do what I need to do to lead my family, but I look at guys who have it all together more than I do. And, and I know this feeling, um, we, we just get, and I think it's a man thing. Um, yeah. but 
we get to thinking, man, he can, he can do that. Why can't I do it? And I think that the devil will use those kinds of occasions to set us back and to basically get us thinking, uh, well, I can never do it as effectively as brother so-and-so over here or brother so-and-so over here. So I'm just not going to even try. And when the devil gets you in that mindset, he's got you. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think about that too. Um, uh, you know, uh, as a preacher, I sometimes I'll, I'll preach a lesson like this really is the application for every single lesson I do. Um, some things just kind of hit harder than others, but like, you know, uh, my father-in-law, um, he, uh, he preaches at the, the Branson church of Christ in Missouri. And, and, and he has often said, whenever I'm preaching, the sermon starts behind me and it slaps me up beside the head. Then it goes out to everybody else next. And, um, man, that is so true. Uh, sometimes, uh, and I, this happened actually, uh, over the, um, uh, holiday break, I was in Branson and, uh, uh, was, um, you know, privileged to be able to just do the devotional on Wednesday night. And, uh, while I was doing that, I was, I was just really making some points on humble service and, you know, it just kind of hit me. Like after I got done, I was like, man, that applies so much to me. Like I, I need to remind myself that, you know, I, I'm nothing without Christ. I, I'm, I'm just a humble servant of Christ. And, and, um, yeah, I, I, Man, I'm telling you, I'm just trying to um, uh, trying to do the right thing. And I know that I'm, you know, I'm right there with you. Do I have it all together? I don't have it all together, but yeah. man, I'm certainly striving. Do you think if if these kinds of envy or jealousy or, or whatever you want to call it, if it kind of tries to crop up in in our minds, and again, I've been there. Um, if that tries to crop up, do you think that the way to turn around and and use that is don't be envious. Don't be, don't be uh, jealous rather use it as a motivation to push ourselves to, to be what we're striving and, and desiring to be. Yeah. Yeah. We, we do need to use that. I think, um, I think that's kind of the mindset of men in general. I think if you think I, about it, I think God has yeah. placed something within us. I mean, you can call it competitiveness. I don't right. You know, I, I, whatever you want to call it, but God has put it, put that in us for a reason. And it's just, we need to be a go-getter and we yeah. need to, we need to accomplish something. We need to, to hunt something, to chase something, whatever you want to call it. That's a man thing. And, um, you know, that aspect of manhood, um, improperly coming out would be jealousy or envy, but turning it around in a proper direction. I'm just thinking out loud here, but would be, Hey, I'm going to use that as, motivation. I'm going to aspire to that. I'm going to look at this guy and I'm not going to envy him. I'm not going to be jealous of him. I'm going to look to him as an example. I want to right. be him. And I think that's how we need to deal with these kind of feelings maybe. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and following that example from Paul, imitate me as I imitate Christ, you know, all these good positive role models that you have, you know, follow, follow those. And so, yeah, you know, I think too, some of this envy, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, don't get upset with anybody that's envious of you, uh, because there's clearly a reason, you know, um, 
there there have been times where I've I've watched uh, people be envious toward. Um, there's a there's a, a father uh, that I know who uh, raised some good kids, and uh, uh, I know that all while he was rearing those kids, people criticized his, you know, the his and his wife parenting of them, and like, oh, y'all being too strict and all Very this strict. stuff, and. Um, and they're like, oh, you know, your kids are gonna, oof, they're gonna go crazy when they they're get out of the home. They're gonna crack under pressure. Yeah, they were just saying all those things. And uh, you know what's hap- What's the funny thing that happened is, uh, you know, all those crazy things that they said was going to happen to him and his kids didn't happen. It did happen to their kids though, uh, because the dip- big difference was uh, he was the whole time teaching his children to serve the Lord. And teaching the principles behind what they were doing, and all these other people are going, you know, you do this and you do that, and you know, and they weren't, you know, they were just being, you know, authoritarians, not you know, trying to teach, you know, their their you children that anything. That's that's stemming from pop psychology. Oh yeah, that's stemming from modernism as as it pertains to parenting. We probably need to have a whole season on like discipline and parenting and all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I had a sermon probably about a month ago or so at the time of this recording uh, where I talked about, you know, what is your padea? And that's a Greek word from uh, from the verse that talks about uh, bring up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. By the mm-hmm. way, that verse is directed to fathers, just mm-hmm. saying. Yep. Uh, but anyways, the nurture, the Greek word is to padea, and it means basically ingrain in your children a worldview that is biblical. Right. We have to do that. Right. And if we don't do that, someone else will, and it's not going to be good. It's going to be the media or the school system, uh, evolutionary thought, whatever. Right. Uh, It's not going to be good things. So uh, I guess we're sidetracking a little bit, but I think that's an important point to make here. Yeah. No, no, you're you're right. All right. So we'll move on just a little bit um, and, uh, uh, you know, kind of finish out our thoughts on this chapter. But in, uh, in chapter six, verses ten through seventeen, um, you know, when when Daniel finds out about all this stuff, you know, when he finds out, um, what does he do? He goes and he hides in his closet, and then he goes and prays to God. Is that what he does? Mm-hmm. No, no, he doesn't change a single thing. In Everything fact, he, is the in same. Fact, he opens yeah. that window so people can <laughs> yeah. hear even better. Yeah, yeah. You want an audience? <laughs> you know, right. um, love it. Man, I love it. And, um, you know, uh, brethren, you know, guys listen to this. This is the kind of man you should be right here. You know, um, I, uh, um, uh, there, there have been times I don't uh, I think you should do this all the time. But, uh, um, you know, in most cases, I think that this is just fine. But uh, I've, uh, uh, I've had, elders before that said, well, you don't, you don't need to preach that kind of stuff. Well, guess what they're going to get? You know, if, if they're saying you don't, we don't need that kind of doctrine taught here. Well, they just challenged me to teach that doctrine, you know? Uh, no, you're not going to, you know, maybe there's a better time to do that. That's one thing. But if you're saying do not teach the truth, guess, guess what you're getting. You're getting the truth. You know, well, to, to to not preach the whole counsel of God, that's yeah. going to be that's going to be blood on our hands. That's right. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Now think about that for dads. Oh man, you don't teach your kids the truth. Your own kids' blood is on your hands. And you know, I was teaching uh, the qualifications for elders recently, and it talks about in both First uh, Timothy chapter three as well as Titus chapter one that an elder must uh, have believing children, must rule well the affairs of his household, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we have to shepherd our families. Right. You know, a shepherd in the church, an elder, has to be able to prove that he shepherded his shepherded his family. Well, right. uh, whether we, you know, we as listeners to this podcast, uh, you and I, etc., whether we aspire to be elders or not in the church, we better be shepherding our families. And by the way, just as a, another side note, we're getting lots of side notes this episode. <laughs> but but uh, by the way, if you're a faithful Christian male and you're striving to raise faithful families, why would you not want to aspire to be an elder one day? Right. That's that's just a side note, but we need more godly elders. Right. Yeah. Um, I tell you, um, there's a lot that we can take from this, but you know, here here what they've done is they've said, We know that Daniel's gonna pray. The only way, and I love this, the only way they're they 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 realize that what was that verse uh verse five? We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So that that's, you know, that, that I think that's an amazing statement. It's not that, you know what, let's, let's entice him. You know, let's use women to entice him and ensnare him. Well, that's not going to work. Well, let's yeah. use, um, let's use the uh, alcohol. Let's, let's ensnare him that way and get him in trouble. Well, that's not going to work. He's living righteously. You know, how are we going to get him? Let's get him by tricking the king into condemning something that is going to go against what he would do for his God. And so, I mean, that, of course, that speaks, yeah, that speaks tremendously to the character of Daniel because the only way they could get him was to get him with his with his God. Yeah, man, that you know, I, I wish that that could be said of all of us. I know it can't, but. That's what we're striving for. We're striving to be that kind of a man that people can't go, oh, you know what? Let's just, let's, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to trick them, we're going to ensnare them. We're going to ensnare them with this. Uh, no, it's, it's going to have to be something that would, you know, go against the word of God. And, you know, we're just not going to do it. Um, all right. So, of course, Daniel is, you know, then caught. He's thrown into the lion's den. This is upsetting uh, because, you know, the king, you know, he loves Daniel. Um, he has served, Daniel has served him well. He is, he has been good to him. And then, um, you know, he is, he is just, you know, up, can't, can't go to sleep. And then, you know, rushes over to get Daniel first thing and, and uh, calls out, you know, did, did your God save you? Did he save you? And, you know, he's just hoping the same thing. And then, of course, the answer is yes. Uh, God shut the mouth of those lines, kept Daniel safe, and uh, and he was able to live. Now, uh, if you go in and you see the rest of it, um, you know he, um, uh, of course, he um, takes the men that uh, that that sent uh, sent Daniel to the lines then, and they get thrown in there, and uh, it says that their bones they were broken before they 
they even touch the ground. The lions just rip them apart. And yet, um, you know, Daniel, Daniel is completely saved. And so, um, you know, again, the same thought process when it comes to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah as before, uh, Daniel follows God. God saves him. Verse uh, 23 says, at the end of it, it says, because he believed in his God. Yeah. Daniel believed in his God. Can we say that of ourselves as yeah. as fathers striving to be faithful Christians and faithful leaders of our families? Can it be said of us, you know, he believed in his God? Yeah. Yeah, the American standard there says they trusted because he trusted and he, he put right. his faith in God, you know. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a that's a good point. You know, so Daniel's delivered, his enemies are are uh taken care of. Um when you think about um this, you know, God is glorified and um you know, God's people are taken care of. When you look to the New Testament, I think there are several passages that we could think about um, in regards to this. Do you have any off the top of your head? Uh, New Testament? Yeah, New Testament passages that of uh, people just who. People that, um, you know, they follow God and God takes care of them, or, you know, the, the idea of, um, you know, God taking care of us in the end. I mean, I, I initially, all I'm thinking of really at this moment, I know there are other, other thoughts here. Um, but you know what? If we're faithful to God, uh, we're going to be saved in the end. I just think that yeah. number one. Well, I was thinking uh, of Paul. Like, uh, you know, I have I have run my race. I have finished my course. Uh, therefore, there is set up for me a crown of life. And you know, you think about Second Corinthians chapter eleven, all the things that Paul went through. Right. But he still knew, and and all of the apostles, for that matter, with the exception of Judas, uh, they knew the reward that awaited them, and so they were willing most of them to go to their deaths as martyrs uh, for something that they knew to be true, which to me is, was, is manifold uh, evidence of the inspiration of the scriptures and the truth of the gospel. They, they saw Jesus, they saw him resurrected. They knew it was true and they died proclaiming those truths. Right. People don't willingly die for something that they know to be a lie. Right. Sometimes, yeah, absolutely. sometimes people will, will die for something that they think is true, but happen to not be true. But the apostles knew, they saw as eyewitness uh, testimony to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So they willingly went to their deaths for it. Side, oh, yeah. note, side note again. Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> side notes are good. I don't mind oh, side yeah. notes. They're they're good. Um, well, uh, you know, that that's all that, that we really have for this episode. Uh, do you have anything else, Chase, that you'd like to bring up? I think uh, I think we're good. We're just ready to announce the exciting announcement about next season. All right. So, um, as uh, as has been planned, we are going to uh, start back with season three on January first, and uh, we will have uh, five episodes on leading by learning. And uh, dads, we need to know how to say the Bible to be able to not only grow spiritually ourselves, but to be able to uh, teach our children and to bring them along. And uh, so that's going to be the focus of everything that we're doing uh, right here. And so uh, looking forward to uh, season three, starting before too long, and uh, hope to see you back with Father Time. See you later. <laughs>